that needs that. Um, as I want to kind of um, piggyback on what, what our sister said as well, Lindsay, you know, you don't have to have everything right. You don't have to be perfect. That's what it is to live for Jesus. What it is to live for Jesus is that you come back um, to him after certain things, and he's still there, and he's still the same as he was yesterday. I was thinking of uh, um, uh, my sister, it was Juanita. I remember when we were painting this church, um, tell her this, all right? She didn't get to hear this. We were painting this church, painting, you know, every single wall in the church. And one day we left, and we came back uh, like three hours later, and I didn't know that Juanita had come, like, right when we were leaving. And we were planning, to, we, I was so tired, I didn't want to paint. And, and the whole wall was already done. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It's, even when I didn't, I, I wasn't working. I come in, it was done. And that's what Jesus wants to say to you today. That the job is done for you. Amen. It's been painted. It's been it, with, with, a, with white paint to clean, clean up whatever needed to be cleaned up. And, and even when you think he's not working, he's working. He's there. This week for, for us, we've been work, struggling, not struggling, but uh, dealing with our son. He has asthma. And uh, when, when he gets a cold or a, a virus, it just, it's just not good for him. And for the first two years we were here in this, in this climate, in this um, altitude, we didn't understand it. We'd be in the hospital all the time. And so now we are able to, um, we have a breathing machine at home and we have um, the right things that you would get in the ER just to take care of him. And um, he's actually at the urgent care again today just to get some things that he needs. But we're not afraid for him. We, we're working. I know that God is working. And the point is, I want to say is that um, I was, it, it sounds like I'm complaining, but I'm just saying thank you to Jesus that he takes care of us. And, he ta and I used to be so afraid for Jaden when he gets in these situations and couldn't get his oxygen above 83 and, and, you're, not, and you're supposed to be at like 9300, you know, that would be really good. And um, God just takes care of him. He just keeps taking care of him and he just brings comfort to us at the whole time this week. We could have been really uh, in a bad place, but we just know God is working. He's working. He's working in your situation. Would you just put up your need to God right now? Just kind of say, here it is. I'm not selfish. I know I put my, first I put my trust in you and say, you're amazing. I glorify you, but here's what I'm dealing with today. I just need you to uh, remind me that you're working. I know that you're working. I give it back to you. Lord, we pray that you touch needs in this room as well as like like uh, sister, as Bethany said about praying for the other countries, you know, people are going through things that are way worse than us. And so we, we lift those all up to you and we say, thank you. Would you say, thank you, Jesus, you're working. Go ahead and stand if you feel comfortable. If you can stay seated, if you don't want to stand as we worship, but um, let's continue to worship and just tell Jesus, you're amazing. There is no other name like your name. Hallelujah.
Every heart that is broken 
before we move into the next song, I, I wanted, first of all, Lindsay, thank you. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you, every time Lindsay gets up here, it just really, really hits home with me. Uh, yesterday, my Apple Watch congratulated me on my record for the most exercise that I've done. The problem with that is, is that I didn't exercise. Uh, I have been experiencing uh, so much anxiety this week with everything that's been bombarding me and bombarding us with what's going on with the world that my heart rate has increased greatly and my watch thinks that I am, am getting fit when, when I have not been. Uh, and I, I wanted to share that because with what, what's going on in the world, what's going on in Turkey, what's going on with Syria, what's going on even here in, in our own country, and what's going on in each and every one of our lives individually, the expectations of, of our daily lives, it feels like we're drowning. And, and I, I know I can't be alone in, in that. I, I deleted all my social media this week, so if you've reached out to me, uh, don't be offended. I had to just take a step back. And the only thing that I know how to do when the world gets like this and when I feel like this is to seek Jesus to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all else will be added onto you. Esther says, perhaps you were created for such a time as this. That's been my motto for years at this point. I feel like I'm clinging to that. But I wanted to just before we move on to take a moment as a church to lay down our individual needs, to lay down the needs of our country, of the world, at the foot of the cross, and then to fix our eyes on Jesus corporately. You guys, that's what's going on all over the country. You've seen these revivals happening and popping up all over our country. It's because people are seeking Jesus. Not because of any method, not because of any uh, signs and wonders, which do often accompany revival, but that's not why revival's happening. The signs and wonders are happening because the people of God have fixed their eyes on Jesus. So let's do that. Let's fix our eyes on the king of the universe and ask him to meet us where we're at. Father, we thank you for what you've done on the cross. Lord, we thank you that no matter how much anxiety or fear we may be experiencing in our daily lives, that you are king over it all, Lord, and that you know your people, you know our needs, you know our hearts, and you are a good father. You're not a puppet master just watching this chaos unfold, Lord. You are a good father whose heart is for your children. So, Lord, as a body, just specifically here, New Song, I want to pray that us here in New Song, we declare and we agree that we will not falter, that we will yes. not give in to the enemy who wants to render us incapable with fear, but we will fix our eyes on Jesus and the assignment that he has placed before us to bring people into the kingdom of God and into your family. Lord, we bring every need that we have before you. I'm not, I'm not going to pray for specific needs, Lord. We all, we all know what it is that we need, but we fix our eyes 
on you. Lord, understanding that you are worthy of all of our praise, Lord, for for so many reasons, but first and foremost, because you're the one that put the breath in our lungs in the first place. Everything that we have is from you. So we glorify your name and we honor you and we praise you and we give you the glory that you're due because you are God, you are king, and you love your people. Jesus, we thank you. We praise your name and we fix our eyes on you and the assignments that you have given us. Lord, let everything else fade away like blinders on a horse that we are we can only see what is in front of us and the assignment that you have given us so lord we ask that you would put blinders on us not to not see the people around us don't mishear me but to see the people that you've placed directly in front of us and the assignment that you have called us to do in jesus name we pray amen I, I wish I had uh, memorized the Bible. I could really impress you. But it does say, call upon me, and I will answer you and show you great and, and mighty things. Now, he said that. That's in the book. Now, she just prayed. And then here's, can I just say, here's what Jesus might say to us. He might say, I, I am who I said I am. I am the king. I reconcile you to me. I've given everything for you. You can trust me. In other words, I'm not a bragger, but I'm one who declares, and I know because I am the King of kings, and I am the Lord of lords, and I, you call upon me, I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things. So hold back nothing. Trust me. Look not aside, as she said. It was a good word. But look to me, and I will let you follow me, and we will accomplish, we will conquer, we will commit and do the work that I've called you to do. I think that's what he'd say. Just start talking. That's what he would say to us. So, Lord, we receive because we call, you answer.
be seated. It's a big word. It's a big sentence. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. I think uh, you, you always hear the thing about revival or what, to wake up, you know, to wake your soul up, uh, to wake up the souls of a, of a nation. You draw a circle and you pray for the person inside the circle. And I think that um, a message to us today would be the resurrected king is resurrecting me. That's, that's in faith. Hopefully he is. But maybe your prayer should be resurrected king. Would the resurrected king resurrect me? Would he make me alive so that I can burn and people will come to want to see what's burning? You know? Um, my brother said here, you know, the, the, the things that we want to see happen in the world to see the, the, the loss come to Jesus is not going to look like we think it's going to look. It's not, um, oh, I remember in 1970 this happened, or I remember in 19, you know, and I love this movie that's coming out. I mean, I don't, I've never even seen it. I've just seen previews, and I hope it's good because I'm telling people you should go see it, but I don't know. Yeah, but, but the, but the, it's about a man named Chuck Smith who was a who was in a, a Foursquare pastor, and um, be started a movement called Calvary Chapel, and um, my dad went to college with them, I believe, and and um, anyways, um, you know, it's not going to look the same way as as it did in the 70s or in the 60s or in the 50s or in the 80s. You know, Jesus is probably going to do it different. And it's probably going to uh, challenge us more than we're willing to be challenged. We'll have to look at different because some of the people that we need to reach, my brother said this, um, aren't going to uh, be appealed. It's not going to be appealing to say Jesus loves you. They don't love you. They don't. That doesn't help them. Although we're going to have to preach Jesus, we're going to have to be awfully creative. And... Um, Besides all of that, the problem, the biggest problem is right in the circle. Resurrect me. Resurrect me. Let me be hungry. That the revival that's going on and, um, and we throw around this, this word, probably too loosely, revival, but at the colleges around the United States and, and Kentucky mainly in Asbury, they had a service on a Wednesday um, two weeks ago and then it's not stop since just worshiping and you watch it it's nothing like wow there's nothing a whole lot like i watch like hours of it in fast motion you know and there's not a lot going on except that the kids are worshiping jesus and uh, one of them said revival he was real passionate and he said uh, revival is what what a revival is is when people ordinary people are hungry for Jesus. We have to be hungry for Jesus. We're hungry for a lot of things, but often not. And that's what revival should do. It should push us to repentance, right? It should push us to sanctification. It should push us to realize the door is so narrow and we got to get through it. That's kind of the end of the sermon today. But the world, how do we tell them that? That's not appealing to them so narrow you're never gonna make it that's that's my that's my mes message today and it doesn't work but it does work we just gotta let the holy spirit lead us and and chip's gonna explain everything i just said 
right now. Come on up, Chip. Just kind of explain it. No, just kidding. It's hard to get in his head. Um, we serve a good God, and we're seeing it. I mean, he's moving in this country. Um, we can choose to get on board or sit and watch. Um, he doesn't ask much of us. You know, he just asks for obedience. I mean, he tells us the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And a mustard seed's pretty small, so he's not asking a whole lot. Um, with the tithe, he knows we can't do a whole lot. I mean, there's nothing we're going to do monetarily-wise that's going to really affect a, a ton. But the little bit that we give, he can multiply tremendously. And just the little faith, the step out in faith. Um, this past week has been a good week for me because I've been praying for a long time that the church would just dig deeper to yes. get a relationship. Yes. Not only this church, but the church as a whole. And that his spirit would fall. And, you know, you, you pray for stuff, and sometimes you get discouraged that you're not seeing stuff happen. And this week, my daughter has been, <laughs> sorry, just a little testimony. <clears throat> She's been looking for a house for a long time. And uh, she's in that price range where all the investors are going in. So they put a bid on a house and they get beat out real quick. And it had to have been a God thing for her to get in a house. And they got accepted this week. Amen. She moved to Omaha right after she got married. She got diagnosed with cancer. And one of the places of the five doctors that it's a, such a specialized group happened to be in Omaha. So, you know, God works. Yes. That song, Waymaker, yes. just means a lot to me. get through last last January with my diagnosis um, but we can't see God moving in the background um, but he is and Amen. just as Asbury Amen. thing that's encouraging to me because sometimes you see it's like how can God move in this country I've been yeah. praying that he hasn't turned his back on this country yeah. and this past week or a couple weeks when we were hearing all the stuff and I mean it's national now and um, it just tells me I'm alive and well you may not be able to see what I'm doing but I'm there so just a little bit of obedience through tithe or prayer or getting into the word can do huge things and you know a lot of times when we think about tithing it's well I'm going to give this some money and it'll, it'll replace it tenfold you know God God works in other ways too. There's there's a, um, a dynamic behind it that I don't understand. That you know maybe it's answers to prayer for a little bit of obedience by giving our tithe, or our water heater lasts longer than it should, knowing that it's supposed to be going out two years. Or your car, you know, you're driving a clunker and you know it's going to go out any day. Yet he he extends the life of that. So it's not just on a monetarily deal with God. He can bless us in many ways. He can show us favor. When we have the shop open, people didn't think we would make it. I mean, my biggest reps 
and distributors, they thought there's no way these guys can make it, but they showed us favor in that, and people come to our shop, and you know, I've had to go to the vendors several times, say, hey, we can't make our payment this month, because it's not there, and because we took the initiative, and God showed us favor, they honored that, and we're still going, and we're, we're touching people in the process, making relationships, so be obedient, he just asked for a little bit, and tithe is just one of those little obedient acts that we can do that lead to bigger things. So with that, ushers, if you could come forward. Lord, I just pray that you would honor the obedience, the little bit that we can bring to your storehouse. Lord, I just pray that you would multiply a hundredfold. And I just thank you for your grace and your blessings and your mercy. And Lord, for hearing our prayers when we don't think you are. And Lord, I just give you all the thanks and glory today. this week to seek Jesus to seek Jesus those watching online I know my wife's watching online your wife's watching online those people that watch online huh? make a commitment to seek Jesus this week oh I will I will no you won't yeah sometimes that's what that God would want us or that Jesus would say to you, no you don't you say you do on Sunday, but what about Monday? What about Tuesday? But he says it with a smile. I think he he understands, but he wants us to seek Jesus. We need to. We need we need Jesus to do what we need to do. Why? Well, I don't have any plans to minister to anyone. Well, for your for your own sake, take time this week to seek Jesus. To seek him. Our Sunday morning is a time to seek Jesus together. But the mistake would be that that's your time to seek Jesus, is that is that time on Sunday. That's not enough, is it? That's why it seems so sweet and precious sometimes, because you, you think, so good. Well, this could be, you could have this more like, something more like this every day seek just seek him just take a moment and say I seek you Jesus would your presence be in my home would your presence be in my heart would your presence be in my car Bethany will um, leave work and come and worship in your car with you if you need to would you do that Bethany no she probably can't do that but you know who can be all places all the time is the Holy Spirit you know he can be with you
need more of you, Holy Spirit. We need more of your presence. We need more of you. We're going to um, take a time sometime soon. I'm putting it out there for you. We often do worship nights. and We haven't done, not often, rarely do worship nights, but we need to do another one. Think that'd be good or worship morning? No, I'm not good. 6 a.m. No good. Jeff would be there. We've had prayer. We've had prayer at 6 a.m. here and every week, every day of the week that we had it, Jeff was there. Weren't you, Jeff? To bring in um, my sister asked Jared Anderson. That would be good. Bring him over. They'd be pretty good too. Wow, they could do it. I went to a worship night last last night or Friday night at a I thought it was a church and it was a house it was someone's house it was called the worship mob and I thought this is gonna be like huge you know I don't know it doesn't matter how big it is or how small but I come in and it was someone's living room literally like a living room in a small house downtown by Colorado Street and the, there was a sign outside that said worship in 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 lights it said worship and so me and Reagan came in and um, saw Sandy there. I saw Brad in heaven there. I don't see them here today. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go to worship, you gotta come to church. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, they're in kids' church. Okay, well, good for them. And um, it was just a bunch of people that get together on Friday nights and worship. But I'm not saying you should even go to it. It was, it was what it was. It was a nice time, and um, it started at like seven ish, and it ended like at one ish in the morning. I left at about 11, and um, that was enough worship for me. No, that we were just—I was tired, and um, but it was a—it uh, was—it was sweet to see about 40, 50 people in a room together in a living room, just seeking God's presence, and it just—and half the songs I didn't know, so I just sat there and listened. Just good to be in God's presence, just is, and I just want to do that all the time. I know we did that. We ended up doing that last week, and and um, that was great. I enjoyed that time. I have some things on my heart, and next week I have a special speaker coming. I don't know if I'll get these out other times, so we're just gonna go into this. Uh, if you, I encourage you to write something down today that God speaks to you. Maybe on your phone. I won't think you're texting. Just write it down in your notes. Write notes. There's actually, everyone gets a bulletin when you come in. There's a place for notes on there. Some ways that's not good because then you throw that away and you never see it again. But sometimes just writing it down solidifies it in your heart, in your head. Um, one of my mentors said um, one of the most important, three most important words are I love you. The second three are write it down. I don't know if that's true or not. Greg Johnson said that a long time ago and so I always write things down. Even it's things that preachers and speakers don't say. Sometimes the best thing you write down is what the person doesn't say, but what you hear, because that's what we expect to happen, that God speaks to us all individually. Amen. Amen. You may, you may go, oh, just like that. We're in a series called Lost. Um, it's kind of mysterious. It's kind of uh, goes along with the word love. In, in weird ways, what Jesus talks about. Um, 
it's, you know, we just had Valentine's Day. And um, so love is not outdated because Valentine's is over, but it's so important that we love. Is this too loud or is this too close to me or something? That we love Jesus. Let me put this out like this. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of stories in the Bible where Jesus talks about lost, being lost. And he talks about love and he talks about our life. And it's so opposite often of what I think. Everyone hear me okay? You good? Is it good back there in the back? Yes? Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, the, the word lost is an interesting word. Another word that you could use for lost is last. Um, I want I, to, I, I, I hate telling stories about myself because I don't think it's that important in the thing, but I'm just trying to bring everyone together on, on the same page. Um, I played soccer in college. Um, it's pretty impressive. I was telling you that the other day. It's impressive until you see how good our team was. Um, we, I think we were okay, but our, our district that we were in, uh, it wasn't like all of the colleges in the United States. It was in L.A., and more specifically, we were in the East L.A. district, which is mainly Mexican universities, Hispanic universities. And I would say Mexican because they were people from Mexico that moved here, and they were in college. And so these were community colleges where the people played soccer, not like us. They played football. They, they, were, they knew what they were doing. And we would lose every game. And um, not only did we lose, but we got dead last in, the, in our conference every year that I played. Three years in a row, we got dead last. And um, another way to say last is that we lost, right? And I want to title today's message... Uh, in this series, Lost, The Biggest Loser. Um, you could say it like this, I'm the biggest loser. I could say it like this and offend you, you're the biggest loser. But these are actually um, good things to be. A loser is an okay thing to be, and I'm going to explain to you um, what I mean by this because it's so opposite of the way we think. Um, I want to tailgate again just for a minute on the scripture that we have been on for a couple weeks, Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. Um, it says this, and often when we see the Bible on the screen or hear someone say it's the Bible, we turn off because this doesn't interest me. No, this is, this, is, this is what you need to hear. If you don't hear the Bible very often, hear this. This is supposed to challenge you. Listen with your ears, listen with your mind and your heart. For whoever wants to save their life will lose, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. So opposite of the way we think. I said that already in the message version. I think it says right around here, um, this is the great reversal that the first will be last and the last will be first. It's completely opposite of the way we think and we say to you lord today open the scripture today to us in a way we haven't heard uh not new revelation just help us to see what you are talking about what you mean um by this help us to um be the kind of people that are able to let go of our agendas and let you do what you want to do in jesus name 
Amen. You guys know the um, story. This was meant for last week, and it works better because we're talking about losing, and I'm talking about Jason Kelsey. Put up that picture. This is uh, one of the brothers, uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey, were um, some guys that were in the Super Bowl last week. One was on one team. They were brothers, and one was on the other. And the mom, can you put up that picture? You don't. Oh, okay. No problem. No problem. You, you. I know you're, you're, you're working on it. Um, and the only one that won in the situation last Sunday, some of you came to our Super Bowl party, was um, the one in the middle was the mom because both kids were in the Super Bowl and both uh, one lost, one won. So she wins, no matter what. And um, I saw a story after the Super Bowl or uh, talking about Jason the one in the green, the Eagles, that he, um, and you don't even have to like football to know, you don't have to, you don't like, it's, it's human interest here, that um, it showed a picture of him crying on his mom's shoulder because he lost. And she's like, I didn't know what to tell him. How, what do you say? Because you want your kids to win in life. You don't want them to lose. And he, he couldn't understand, and it was so sad, and um, I wanted to talk about Jason for a minute, and before you feel sorry for him, Jason, uh, well, you can feel even more sorry for him because he was no stranger of losing. Jason uh, didn't make his high school football team. Obviously, you know these stories. He ended up getting making it later onto the team. In, in college, um, he didn't get any scholarships like his brother, and um, his biggest highlight in college was he redshirted his first year, which is kind of like a uh, poor, poor guy, if you understand that. And then um, his biggest accomplishment was that he lost in the Orange Bowl. He finally made it to the Orange Bowl and he lost. He did make it to the NFL. And uh, his very first year in the NFL, he got a season ending injury. And so he couldn't play. He felt like his life was over. And then he got better. And before you feel sorry for him, his, this is his career uh, stats, is that he was five times in the Pro Bowl, if you know what that means, one of the best players there is. He, he was in the Pro Bowl five times. He's the highest paid center in NFL history. He, he, makes, he makes so much money. Um, when he retires, he will be in the Hall of Fame on his first ballot that many, most Writers agree with that. And even though we didn't win last week in the Super Bowl, this kind of works better that it was after the Super Bowl because he lost again. But, but even though he didn't win, he did win in 2017, and he was playing a team with a guy named Tom Brady on it. So he's already got a ring. He's, do, he's doing just fine. Um, but um, Jason Kelsey uh, probably doesn't understand losing like I'm going to talk about today, sometimes a loss is how we get found. I'm going to come back to him in a minute, take, take their picture off. Jesus said it like this, and then in, another, in three chapters later after he said the other thing in Matthew 16, many, Matthew 19:30, many who are first, you know the, at, the rest, many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. I know what the older brother, Jason, said to his younger brother. You can put up that next picture. I think I have another picture of them. 
they're hugging. That's him crying. And then on the right, or the, you know, whatever side is for you, the brothers are hugging. And Jason says to the older brother, um, or the older brother, Jason says to the younger brother, congratulations. But he said some expletives before that. Blank you, congratulations. I, I think um, it's not even, not really funny, but it is kind of. That's what he said to him. And I think it's similar to, you know, we talked about an older brother and a younger brother two weeks ago, remember? In the prodigal son, I think it was probably when the younger brother, the prodigal son, came home and had done all this stuff and spent the dad's money. And then the dad has a party for him. I'm sure that the older brother said something like that. Congratulations. Blank you, congratulations. Um, neither understanding loss very well. I don't know where Tra Jason and Travis's faith is. I don't know if they profess to be anything. Um, but I do know that um, they make a lot of money. Between them, they make $27 million a year. And I bet you, I'm going somewhere with this, because the next scripture in Matthew 19 uh, talks about something that happened. I bet you that if Jesus met them, he would say to them, would you give it all up for me? I bet you they would have a hard time. They may even go away sadly. Um, that's what happens in uh, Matthew 19 later, verse 16. We're going to look at it together. Matthew 19, verse 16. This is about another man. You know, he told the story four chapters earlier about the two men, the two brothers, uh, that both were in a situation. Both uh, the prodigal son and the older brother were in a situation that they didn't understand. They were not found in the right place. They were lost in the, in the, they were lost in the wrong place. And um, Jesus is trying to help this man here be found not in the wrong place, but get lost in the right place. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? That is a great question. A question many of us ask. Uh, another way to say this might be just to help you to understand. Hey, I've won a Super Bowl. I've been to Disneyland. I've made millions of dollars. Now what, Jesus? What must I do? In the, in the Phillips translation, J.B. Phillips, it says in verse 20, uh, what is still missing in my life? In the NIV version, Matthew 19, 20 says, what do I still lack? Some of us who are righteous might say, I lack nothing. I would never ask Jesus this. But we do. We all want to know what do we need more for fulfillment? And Jesus would answer the guy. He would answer us. He would answer the person who has everything, who wins at everything. This is what you need to do. Be, and I'm not trying to be cute here. I'm just trying to get a point across the point. Be the biggest loser. That's what you need to do. Oh, okay. I'll write that down. Wait, what? I have a, my daughter's friend, Grace. Gracie Grace, we call her. She'll always say, oh, okay, wait, what? And that's what I would say here. We say that all the time at home. Wait, what? Be the biggest loser. Jesus answered, verse 21. If you want to be perfect, 
Now, it didn't necessarily mean perfect in the Greek. It doesn't fully mean the same thing as us. But if you want to be whole, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 22, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had a $27 million contract with the NFL. No, because he was, had great wealth. This is not talking about poor people and rich people, in case you're wondering, like, oh, I can't, have, I can't be rich. It's not talking about status. It's not talking about a certain class of people. Jesus was challenging the way we think. We want to be first. Ever since the day elementary school, we wanted to get first in line for the water fountain. It never changes. And he's saying, no. You let yourself go and let God be in control. Jesus is essentially addressing um, idols in their day, but American idols today for us. What are our greatest American idols? Lot, you, you, you all know them, right? Yeah, I'm going to suggest a couple. Money. Oh, I don't care about money. Yeah, you do. If I was to say, who wants $100, you'd run up here. If I was to say, who wants this message from the Lord? I have it in a piece of paper. I guess I'll go, well, I don't, I don't, you know. $100 sounds better, you know, often. You know what I'm saying? Money. Comfort. That's an American idol. I love comfort. Don't you? Especially on snow days. That's not what I'm talking about, but comfort. Status. We love status. We want to be looked at a certain way by other people. That's half the reason we don't reach out to others when we're at church on Sunday morning in the fellowship hall. It's the lot we call it the lobby, but this is what it is. In a church, it's called the fellowship hall. You're there to fellowship, right? And well, I don't know anyone. Well, someone else should probably be coming to talk to you. They should be fellowship. But we have such trouble with status, the way we look, we're afraid what other people think. Um, American idols, money, comfort, status. We're selfish people. Verse 23, he said, sell, sell what you have. And then Jesus said to his disciples, you know, I'm letting this happen in a way so that you guys learn. You're kind of, let's, let's be the disciples for a minute. So Jesus says, okay, so you see what happened there? Did you see it? It wasn't, what you wouldn't do this, hopefully, Peter. I hope you wouldn't do this, Judas. I hope you wouldn't do this. You know, he's telling the guys who, who, Thomas. I hope you don't do this, but often we have trouble letting other things go. He said, truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier and maybe he was saying it as a joke, or maybe it was dead serious. You could hear a pin, a needle drop in the room when he says, it's easier for a camel. I would love to do like Easter. I've done this both ways with Easter plays. The Jesus part, and Jesus comes on. I've had, him, had Jesus say it like this. It's easier for a camel to enter the kingdom of heaven than you. You know, I've heard I've seen, I've, we've done that way. To get, 
you know, for you, let me look at my script, than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. I've heard it done this way. You know, it's easier for a camel. You know, it really is for a camel to go through a needle than for this guy to get into heaven, you know. And they all laugh. <laughs> Either way, he's making a point, not about rich people or poor people, but also about rich people and sometimes about poor people. Sometimes it's easier for you know, this, poor, this poor person is so focused on the wrong thing, being first, they're never getting to heaven. This rich person is so focused on finding their fulfillment, finding their purpose, and winning the lottery, they will never make it to heaven. He's saying it's impossible. He goes on to say this. What This is our mission statement as a church, if you look on our website kind of underline of many things that we do. Verse 26. It's impossible for a rich man to enter heaven. And he says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it's impossible. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I want to I help you understand what he's saying here. He's saying this. Nobody in this room... Nobody in this room can be lost in the purposes of God. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is where I find fulfillment. This is my life mission. Nobody can find this on your own. It's impossible. But with God, with God, with God, you can find purpose. You can find life. You can find abundance. You can find real what Jesus called us to do. But if we try to do it on our own through this and this and this, you're never going to find it. We're never going to find it. You will be a loser, but not in the right way. He says, I want to make you the biggest loser by finding this life has nothing to offer and I have everything for you. And I might say this, there is nothing better, and some of you can attest to this. Everybody look up here. Try to smile if you can so you can hear this in the right way. There is nothing better than getting lost in the life God meant for you to have. In my notes, it says pause because I know God is wanting to say something to us all here including myself. Let me say it again. There is nothing better than getting lost in the life God meant for you to have. You can't find it on your own. And it's not logical often, the life God means for you to have. Some of the things that people do in this church, it's not logical. It doesn't make you first. It makes you last. I was thinking of, of Veronica playing the keyboard, and I was thinking of Lindsay, who gave the welcome. They're teachers. I was thinking of Bethany, who leads worship. They're teachers. I was thinking of Ron, who over here on the, on the here's worship, leading worship. You're a teacher, right? I didn't, I, I didn't realize all of you. I was going to use you all in different ways, but you're teachers. That doesn't make you first. It kind of makes you last. It kind of makes 
It kind of is the scripture that says, you want to gain the whole world, then lose. Lose it all. Be the biggest loser and watch what I do. Well, I don't enjoy this. Let's interview Miss Lindsay. You enjoy your job? Oh, I love it. It's a joy. Not every day. I'm sure it isn't. Is it, Pastor Ron? Not a joy to be with teenagers. Is it, Bethany? Is it, Veronica? Some of you other teachers in the room. Who else is a teacher in this room? Stand, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Not easy. We need to pray for our teachers every day. I'm getting off, off the subject just for a second. There's, there's some of our best losers in the room because they give their life. Would you just kind of stretch out your hand and just pray blessing? We pray blessing on our teachers in Jesus' name. Front lines. We pray blessing on military, but we pray blessing on teachers. What a man, what are they, the tough job they have. There's nothing better than getting lost in the life God meant for you to have. Doesn't necessarily mean it's forever. <laughs> your, your job or whatever you're supposed to do. But for now, that's what you're to be doing. Whatever your job, you know, there's, I was talking about, oh, let's move on. You know, many of you give up things, and I, 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 I'm, I, I'm awed by the things you give up in life for Jesus. He says, with man it is impossible, with God all things are possible. It's, all, it's possible to enter the kingdom with God. It's possible to find purpose with God. And here is how. The next verse says this, verse 29. Everyone who has left, oh, here's a laundry list of things. Don't care for this list, but this is a list that he says. Whoever left their house, left their brother, left their mother. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm going to just kind of remember. Left their father, left their grandpa, left their job, left their Life left their old life. Whoever left fields for my sake, wives, children, don't leave your wife. But, you know, he's making a point here. When you, when you leave the world behind, you will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. He goes on to say, verse 30, but many who are first... They look great, scribes, Pharisees, priests, these people. They're first. They're going to be, many who think they're first are going to be last. He's also saying, you want to be first, you need to be last. I, I looked up, um, I look up commentaries all the time and in honor of what's going on in Kentucky. I looked at the Asbury commentary. This is what the Asbury commentary that's been around for Decades and decades and decades. It says on verse 29 through 30. Those who put themselves first by grasping for earthly things will be last in terms of spiritual things. Whereas those who put themselves last by forsaking earthly things, not a popular message. You may even not come back next week. See, she's already leaving. Just kidding. Those who put themselves last by forsaking earthly things to follow Jesus, you will be richly rewarded. I'll say it this way to summarize, and I ask our worship team, would you come forward? What time is it? I can't see the clock. I'm not good at that. Great, perfect. I'll say it this way. If you want to be found... 
You need to get lost. You want to be found, you need to get lost. We need to let others in front of us. It's the opposite way of climbing the ladder. We need to let go and relent, like we talked about two weeks ago, relent control of the ship. Let me drive. I will drive. No, we need to give control over to the ship driver. Who is that? The author and finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the way to become the biggest loser. And we're going to sing now. Um, and then I, I, we're going to sing briefly because I want to give you a, a charge as we leave today and give you time to get to your kids. But would you just uh, soften your heart today and say, Jesus, some things that I think about my life that the way my checklist is to get where I need to get, Maybe I need to scratch some of those things off figuratively and maybe I need to just put them aside and just put my eyes where they need to be on you because with me, it's not going to happen. It's like getting through the eye of a needle. It's not going to happen. But with God, it's possible if we let Jesus be in charge to give us the right purpose for living. Would you think about that today? What is he speaking to you? Write something down as they sing. I don't care whatever you guys want to sing. Write something down figuratively in your mind or literally on a, on a piece of paper or on your phone. What do I need to do to be, give my life to Jesus, give him more control so I can find better purpose? And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great
Jesus, the things of this world get smaller, right? Glorify Jesus, the world gets smaller. Great is God, not so great us. It's a quick verse. It's found in Luke 13. After Jesus said it, the way Jesus said it in Matthew was in Matthew 19, but then he says it in Luke 13 this way. And it's two verses. Could you put it up there, Luke 13, 24, 25, 26? There's three ways to be the biggest loser. Three ways to put yourself aside. We know we're supposed to. These are three ways to do it. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Make every effort. Number one, be active. Be active. Make every effort. I get I get annoyed at people who use um, last and first and, and uh, this whole way of thinking with Jesus to be lazy. Jesus wasn't calling us to be lazy. He was calling us to make every effort to get through the narrow door. It's not easy, so you better make every effort active. Be a hard worker, not lazy. On and over and over, he says, run the race, run the race, fight the good fight, fight the good fight. It's work, it's work. I know it's work, it's not easy. Be active, that's what some of you are already doing. You wanna be first, you wanna be last, you wanna be, you wanna do what Jesus wants you to do, you wanna have purpose, be active. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Put it back up there. Because many, I tell you, will try and enter and will not be able to. Many, circle many, 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 many try to, but they don't. Many try to, but they don't. Number two, be active, be atypical. That means not typical. Be, and it starts with an A. Atypical. God doesn't call you to be like everybody else. Well, I don't have a great example of how to make every effort to enter through the narrow door. I don't have a great example of uh, tr try to enter because everyone that I see around me it's not very uh, narrow. They don't get through the narrow door. I try to be like them, and they say they're a Christian, and it doesn't work. How come I can't get through? Don't be like them. Be atypical. Be uncommon. Another word that Paul uses is distinctive. Be peculiar people. That's what the Israelites were. And then lastly, verse 26, then you will say, this is what you don't want to say. This is what you don't want to say. He says, many say they're going to enter. They try. It doesn't work. And then this is what happens. Don't be this person. If we were doing a, a great series, it would be scary verses of the Bible. You've heard it done. Many places. Here's the scary verse of the Bible. We ate and drank with you. We sat in the fellowship hall together. We went to church. We gave to Turkey. We gave to Syria. We taught in your streets. But he will reply, this is a, a parable Jesus gave, saying like the Father will reply, I don't know you, never met you. Well, that's strange. How could that be? Then he goes on to say to them, away from me, evildoer. Then he goes on even further and says, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth where you're going, just so you know. I never knew you. Don't be that person. How do you not be that person? By coming to church. Yeah, that helps, but not always. Reading your Bible, yeah, that helps, but not always. 
Um, being Trying to be last, yeah, that helps. But if you're not doing it, if you're not giving it all up for him, it won't help. Be active, be atypical, be authentic. Authentic. Would you stand? Authentic means genuine. It means sincere. It means real. Be real. Don't be fake. Okay, Sandy? Don't be fake. You want to, and that's not a, that's not uh, easy to, to live out. And at the same time, as you do those three things, you got to be loving. How do we do it all? We need Jesus' help. Would you lift your hands? Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your call to repent. We thank you for your call to be different. We pray that we would be active. We pray that we would not be lazy. We pray that we would be authentic. And we pray that we would be peculiar people that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. We want to see you tonight if you're a daddy or a daughter at our 50s dance, all right? That's what's going on out there. We're not weird. It's decorating for our 50s dance. Grab a bulletin before you leave today. God bless you.
in our lives. So we